0: Good morning, everyone. That is way early. We were looking at all the announcements and everything that had to happen, so I think this is a bit loud, is it? I, I think it's a bit if we can maybe just turn it a little bit down, thank you so much. We enjoy praying after the service, but not for people's ears that were heard during the service, so we want to just get that sound good. Hey, for those who are new or here for the very, very first time, my name is Rifle. I have the privilege and honor and grace by God to be able to be one of the servants in this house. Can all the students, could you guys just please stand up, students, here for the very first time. Stand up, please, students. Look at that. There you go. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming. There's so many other churches around here, and you you bravely bit the bullet and you came to Harvest. And just we honour you. Thank you for coming, and make yourself at home here. Right. It's another one of those Sundays where just remembered last night that they're going to block off the streets, so they will not be parking new students here. So. My message had to change last night when I got back from a nice birthday party because of that. And there's just so much, I don't know even where to start, how to begin. But this morning, just throughout meeting with people here and words, just Holy Spirit, just as He so gently and kindly does all the time, just leads and guides. And that song that we sang, come awake my soul till you of my all. That's, that's today's teaching, is just the soul. It's just about the soul. Um, so that's phenomenal. Uh, when I came in this morning, just the, the practice, the worship team were practicing, and, and that, man, Vivian, that voice of yours is absolutely phenomenal. Belting out in the streets with the anointing upon it. It is nice. It is nice. We have such an amazing worship team. Can we just thank them and everything that they do? Really love you guys and everything that you do for us. Thank you so much, worship team. So come away, my soul. So the Lord, three years ago, started dealing with me about my soul, about my mind, and started telling me to start studying the mind and the soul and how it works. And since then, that's all I've been doing, literally, is just learning about the mind, learning about the soul. And now when I read the word, it's As if I'm reading the word for the very first time. We always say that and we do, but this is really, this is the time where I can say, wow, I've never seen that. I've read that verse so many times. We all know how that is, but just seeing things now concerning the soul and how things work and so even Jamie reaffirmed just a couple of things that I have today, even on the bulletin he was saying, he was speaking about the school of ministry, just the verse that he quoted there that Jesus said about repentance. Repentance. But divine sovereignty does not destroy human responsibility. I'll say that again. Divine, something that God has given, something that God has promised, something that God says is there, it's yours, does not take your and my duty from performing what we should do to be able to reach that. So the children of Israel there was a land for honey. But they still had to walk through the desert to get there. So there was something divinely given to them. There was a promise that was theirs. God who cannot lie spoke and said, this is what I have prepared for you. But you're going to have to walk through the desert to get to what I have already set aside for you. It is there. It is waiting. It is yours. But we've got to go through the desert to get there. And you can go through example after example in the Bible of divine appointments, divine things that God has placed for us, but we have a responsibility. There are certain things that we have to do to be able to reach that which God has promised for us. You can go through David. He was anointed king divinely. Little shepherd boy, family doesn't even want to recognize him, looking after a couple of sheep. Yet, Prophet Samuel comes and he anoints him as king, divinely set aside to be king. But he didn't have to sleep with Bathsheba. Moses, divinely set as the man to lead God's people out of Egypt, but he didn't have the right to hit the rock as many times as he wanted to. So, we have a part to play we have certain things that we need to do to receive and intercept that thing or those things which God has placed before us, which are ready, set aside, waiting for us to reach that destination. Yes, we're there, we good? Okay. Very quiet in here. If we can have, please, Matthew chapter 3, verse 2. This is John the Baptist speaking. So John the Baptist comes, and now I'm going to ask you, please, and we're going to look at a reason why I'm asking this. Please don't say to yourself or to me, I've heard that verse before. <laughs> please don't even think that. Please don't even, man, Rifle, you've done this so many times. I can quote it front of me. I know that. Please don't do that. Please pretend this is the very first time that you are hearing this. This is absolutely new. This is something that you have not heard before. Don't sit there and say, man, you've spoken about this so many times. Really, again, do you not have anything else to say but just this over and over again? So John says, he's talking about Jesus, and then he says to the people, he says, repent, For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So John the Baptist, Jesus, out of the mouth of Jesus, the most amazing prophet that there was. He states, and he's talking to the people, and he says, you guys need to repent. We need to repent. We have to change the way we think. We have to renew our minds. We have to do things differently because something different is here. And if you don't change your mind and you do things the way you did, that which is here right now is not going to work for you. Therefore, repent for the kingdom of God is here. Amazing verse. Wow. Okay. Let's go to the next verse, please. Matthew four seventeen. If something is in your Bible once, Pay attention. It's important. It's there for a reason. Something is there twice. Circle it. Make stars. Highlight whatever you do in your Bible. Here are just two chapters on. This is Jesus speaking now. Jesus. When Jesus speaks, pretty important. God himself. Understand this. Please don't say, I've heard this before. God himself. Jesus. God in the flesh says, Repent. For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. In other words, Jesus is saying to the people, repent, we've done that, metanoia, the Greek word, literally to change, walk in a different direction. The Greek literal meaning, change one's mind. We all know that, we all, but get this. If you do not change your mind, the kingdom will not work. So, does this kingdom work? You go ask 20 people on the street, you're going to get 20 different answers. Some don't know about the kingdom. Is a kingdom? Well, I've tried that before. Well, the word says this, that never worked. And Jesus says, listen here, guys. If you do not change your mind, this kingdom that I will show you how to operate in, it will not work. How many of us, are really changing our minds. How many of us have this kingdom working for us? Or how many of us are kind of stumbling around in the dark from A to B to Z, and we're not getting anywhere because our minds are still working in an old paradigm. And this amazing kingdom that raised the dead... Open blind eyes that calm down storms, all of that was possible in this kingdom. Even though we have all of those examples, it may not be working for us here today because our minds have not been changed to be able to have the manifestation of this kingdom in our lives. So these two verses are so important, even though we go over it over and over and over again. If we do not repent, which is literally change one's mind, then this is not going to work. After Jeff Whitmer was here that weekend, I couldn't come and Pastor Manny said... um, he jokingly said, he said, man, Pastor rifle.' he explained you to a T. That was so amazing when he was talking about the teacher. That was phenomenal. I was not here, so I'm thinking, okay, well, what did he say? So in our meeting on Monday, I said, man, so what did he say? What did he say about the teacher? He said, man, it's you. He, he, said, he said, a teacher teaches and he explains, and if people don't get it, he gets really Frustrated. Thank you, Brother Manny. Can you see my face? There's no frustration in my voice today. There's no, aren't you getting this? There's none of that. I'm just so happy to be with you today. Please get this, hear my heart, because until... God didn't open my eyes to this. I didn't get it. And what I say to people is everything, not everything. Most of the stuff I teach upon is from my mistakes. I've walked through the stuff I teach upon. I'm not telling you to do anything that I'm not doing, or I'm not warning you because I'm warning you I know what comes from what you're doing. So please hear my heart. I'm here. I'm one of you. We are the body of harvest. So, we need to get what God is saying about our minds for the body of harvest to move forward in the thing that God has for Harvest Renewal Church as a part of the big body. So, I'm nothing but happy and full of joy and love this morning. Came around the street and streets weren't blocked off. I mean, it's a beautiful day. We're just having so much fun. It's wonderful, Right. Last week, Pastor Manny spoke upon Habakkuk. Can we please have that verse, that chapter there on Habakkuk, guys? If you were not here last week or you're brand new, it will make more understanding if you go and check out last week's sermon on the the internet. I will stand my watch and set myself on the rampart and watch to see what he will say to me. And what I will answer when I am corrected. Then the Lord answered me and said. The Lord answered and said. So who's telling Habakkuk? Who's speaking to us here? Who's telling us what to do? The Lord. Okay. Right. Then the Lord answered and said. The Lord said. So the Lord says, write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. Now this was a message last week for Harvest Renewal Church. For this body. Because we have been called to do something amazing for the kingdom of God in the city of Richmond. That's why we are here. So this whole sermon last week was about that. The previous week, Pastor Doug spoke upon vision. And last week, I had a meeting with Pastor Doug. There's just so much going on on the inside of me. I don't have enough words or enough language to express what is going on on the inside of me right now. I I can't say it in words, but I just need to speak to someone to say, this is in here. I don't know what I don't know, but please just sit down. I'm not looking for an answer. I don't have a question, but just let me... I can speak to Tiffany just so much about ministry things and church things, and, but I need, so just sit down and hear me. And I sat down and I spoke to him, and I said, one of the things you said, Pastor, in your sermon the week before was close your eyes, what do you see? I said, with all due respect, you don't even realize the power and the potential of that statement that you made. Close your eyes, what do you see? Man. You can close your eyes and I can say car, dog, refrigerator, house. And you see even though your eyes are closed because you don't look with your eyes. You look through your eyes, but your mind tells you what you are seeing. It's such a powerful statement. And I'm asking us today as this body, what do we see when our eyes are closed? What do we see when our eyes are open? What are we looking at? What are we focusing on? How is our mind telling us what we are looking or gazing upon? So this is very important because this message was specifically for us as Harvest last week. And we had people the previous week stand up and give their vision. And people stood up and they said, this is what I see as a vision for Harvest. And then last week, Pastor Manny spoke about this. So here the Lord, God himself says, okay, guys. I will speak to you, I will tell you something when you come and you take your place as a watchman, which we are, and you stand on the wall and you wait, I will speak, but then you write down the vision that I speak to you. Don't raise your hands, but harvest. How many of us went home and wrote down the vision? How many of us took the word of the Lord, because we all believe that was a word from God for us, for this time now, for harvest, for this city. How many of us took that word, went home, and got in the quiet place, got in the secret place, and said to him, Okay, here I am. I take my place. Speak, because I'm ready to write. And what he spoke, we wrote down. And we made it plain. And that was Monday morning. And Tuesday morning when we woke up, we went back to the same thing. We went back to that vision. And Wednesday, we went back to that same vision. And Thursday, and now it's getting in our heart. Now it's filling our heart. And now our mind is starting start thinking about this. And Friday, and now while I'm out in a shopping center, that thing comes up because I'm putting it in my heart. My heart's thinking that. My mind's thinking that. It's just a good effect. Do you hear what I'm saying? Do you hear my heart? My question is, did we go and do what God told us to do? That's all. I'm, I'm very happy. <laughs> I'm not saying... But when we receive the word of the Lord, and we do not act upon it, the word gets stolen, and then nothing happens. And in our hearts, we know that we know. We have people, we have had, I've only been here for seven years, and for the last seven years that I've been here, you know what I've been hearing? A great move of God is coming from Richmond, Virginia. First thing I heard when I got here, man, there have been so many prophecies. Take this prophecy. Listen to this. This is this person. Take this. Listen. And it's Richmond, 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 Richmond. And people come to harvest and they prophesy over harvest. And harvest is going to do this. And harvest is going to do this. And harvest is going to do this. It's amazing. And then the Lord says, okay, harvest, take this vision. Go write it down. Make it plain so that when you read it, when people see it, you can run with it. Did we go and do the word of the Lord? Because if we don't, and we'll go to the word, the seed, the word seed that can produce that which God wants gets stolen. And now there's nothing to make that come to pass. We're all good. Wonderful. You know what? This is, this is so good. This is when I saw this. It's like conviction. It's when God shows me something and he says, rifle, that in your life is not right. I used to hate that. And now it's the most amazing thing. I embrace it. Because when I do that, it changes me. And I don't battle and go through the same stuff over and over again. So instead of running from what am I doing wrong, show me it's Lord. Here's my heart. Show me, reveal to me what I'm not doing right because I want to do the right thing. We all do. And instead of going away from that, we should open ourselves and run towards that. And it's just receiving this and God in His grace who showed me this in my own life saying, This is why it's not working for you because your mind, you, you're in this new kingdom, you saved, you're under grace, you're going to heaven, new covenant, it's all for you. But your mind is still thinking in an old manner, and that's why the kingdom is not working for you. So I have so many promises for you. I'll do this now. I'm going to, and this is not, I, I want to make sure that. I never want you to think that I'm telling you to do something I'm not doing. There are two reasons for that. I don't want to stand here and be a hypocrite. But number two, I want to tell you that this stuff works. This stuff works. I'm a different man than what I was three years ago because of my mind. Here Here is my vision. Here, written down, made plain. There's one in the bottom bathroom. These are all the same. These are all these are this is one that was you can see brand new made last week after God said write down the vision. And man, people who talk about things that are not gonna work and they're not happening and why it's not working, I I I don't have that mindset anymore. Because I've taken this vision, I've put it down and I day in and day out. When I wake up in the morning, run to the vision. Go to bed at night, last thing before I go to bed, check the vision. Made it plain so that I can run with this. Because you know that wall that you come up against? The vision keeps you going. So I'm not telling you, are we doing this? And I'm please hear my heart here. I don't want to stand here as your pastor and tell you to do things that I'm not willing or doing in my own life. That would be hypocritical. So here it is, and it works. I can tell you now, I've, I help people now with their minds and do things. And you can see people who do this. And it's not just got to do, it's got to do with every part of life. Losing weight. Not getting so angry. Stop drinking or smoking. It's all got to do with the mind and how you see the mind and the word of God that you put in your heart concerning what he said about you. Everything that we do, the mind has to do with that. And if our mind is not working, we will not get the results that God has promised that we can get. So are we doing what the Lord has told us to do. The reason why we don't do that, just in the physical, natural, real world that we live in, is because our brains hate change. Your brain likes change the way things are. It doesn't want to change. It doesn't want to do something new. It's just keep the status quo. No matter how bad it is, at least I know what I'm getting, so I don't want to change. Let's just, man, it's bad, but I know how bad it is. I don't know what's on the other side of this, so I'm not going to go there. I'm going to stay here and just not rock the boat. That's the way the brain works. So when we hear something, okay, go out and write the vision. You know what the brain says? There's no need to do that. What are you going to do that for? Everything is good as it is. Just calm down there. Whoa, whoa, whoa. When you go to the shop to buy your notepad and pen, the brain's like, do you really need to do this? You don't have to do this. And I don't know, a year, I don't know, a couple of months ago, I did a whole teaching on you have to, you have to, you must get emotionally involved. You have to get emotional. I I remember that Sunday so well because Nikki, such an amazing, so witty, after service, um, David and Debbie's son, Adam had his truck here. Have you seen that boy's truck? It's where, where you step into the truck is about this high. You need a ladder to get in it. And Nikki, very funny, that Sunday when they were going out for lunch, after that sermon teaching, she said, you know what? I'm getting emotionally involved with the fact that I'm going to walk to lunch because I'm not getting in that thing. (laughs) So that's how I remember we did speak about getting emotionally involved. You have to get emotionally involved. You can't just hear the Word and not get emotionally involved in the Word. Because should you just hear... Like Abraham heard, I've made you the father of many nations. And you hear, Abraham, don't be afraid. I'm your exceeding great reward. And you just hear and you hear and you hear, but you don't get emotionally involved. Nothing happens. Even though you have the promise of God. You have to emotionalize that in your mind and heart. What does it mean when God says it? What does it look like? Because faith is now that which I can't see then. But I know that I have it because he said it. So what does it feel like? What does it look like? What am I going to do? How am I going to handle that? Now I'm getting emotionally involved. And just on Abraham, after the man was 100 years old, he had another six children. That man was emotionally involved (laughs) with the promise that God gave him. It's not just hearing and hearing and hearing. Because James says very clearly, do not just be hearers of the word. Because in doing that, what happens? We deceive ourselves. Do not blame the enemy. He doesn't have that power. You and I, if we just hear and hear and hear, we deceive ourselves. He doesn't have to do it. And how many times have we heard about God's plan for this house? How emotionally involved are we in God's plan for this house? Or do we hear and hear and hear and hear? Yeah, that's great. Harvest, man, this is a place to be. This is amazing. We have such amazing, wonderful worship team pastors, brothers and sisters. Yes, but we're not doing anything with the word. We're just hearing the word. And we're going to see the danger of that if we continue down this path. Proverbs 4, 7. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And in all you're getting, get understanding. What a powerful, packed verse with so many truths. Wisdom is the principal thing. You know what? So many times the enemy brings a problem in our life, and we focus on the problem, and we think the problem is the, is, is, is the, the principal thing. A problem is not the principal thing. Wisdom is the principal thing. And we focus and we look at the problem and we give our energy to the problem and look at that and make that bigger while the problem's not the issue. The lack of wisdom is the issue in this situation. So let's find the wisdom that will take away the problem but we're not looking for the principal thing because we're so focused on the problem. Problem's not the principal thing. Wisdom is the principal thing. What are we looking at? Do you know those Chinese puzzles? You, do you know what a Chinese puzzle is? They have keys or certain locks or things that are all entangled. And you try and pull it apart. And the more you pull it, the more tied up it becomes. But there's just one little trick. And if you know the trick and you just push that thing one certain way, the whole thing pops open and you can pull out the key. And that's like life. Life. We have this problem and we focus on it. We push in the problem and all we need is just the wisdom of God in that situation to just pop it open and take the key out. Wisdom is the principal thing. Now we have, because it says here, wisdom is the principal thing, therefore get wisdom in all your getting. Get understanding. Do we understand what understanding means? I did not understand what understanding means. I could tell you, I could use it in a sentence. I could frame it in a way that I made you believe that, yeah, I got this down, but I had no clue what understanding according to the Word of God really means. Now we can go, in all you're getting, you know what we got? We got the cross. We got Jesus. We got the new covenant. We got the Word. In all of that, get understanding. And so many people don't understand what we got when we got the cross. So many people don't understand what we got. When we were born into this new covenant. But in all you're getting, get understanding. Know how it works. Where does understanding belong? Where does it come from? The mind. The mind. Therefore, change your mind through what? Through understanding. So that what? You know how this kingdom works. And then the kingdom will work for you. So understanding is very, very important. We're going to look at that word intensely today. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 13. We're just going to look at a couple, couple of verses. So now, when I just came here, we did maybe, I don't know, weeks, literally months on the parable of the sower. We did a summer thing just on the parable of the sower. And it is Jesus who says, this is the most important parable. If you do not understand this parable, if you do not get this, you will get nothing else. Because if you don't understand this, how can you understand all of the other parables? So this is the granddaddy of all parables. If we don't understand this parable, Jesus says others won't make sense. Get this. So here Jesus is talking, he says, now he's explaining to them the parable of the sower, which is in three gospels, all but John. Therefore, hear the parable of the sower. When anyone hears, isn't that funny? Jesus says, Here's here. All you around me, listen, therefore, because of everything that I've spoken, therefore, because of that, hear the parable of the sower when anyone hears. Hear when anyone hears. In other words, you can choose to hear, or you can just hear my people, the parable of the sower when anyone hears. And then later on you go, Who has ears to hear? Let him hear. Are we hearing? Are we hearing? What does hearing really mean? So let's carry on in here. So, when anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, do we understand what understand means? When he doesn't understand what the word of the Lord is, the word that is given to him, when he doesn't understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away that which was sown in his heart. This is he who received The word. In other words, did they hear the word? Did they get the word? They not only heard, they received it. They got it. So they heard. Is hearing just enough? Is it just good enough to come in Sunday after Sunday, week after week? You know how many people and and, uh, programs and seminars and conferences are amazing? But we have a lot of conference junkies that go from conference to conference to conference to conference to conference and the speakers are phenomenal and what they offer is amazing but if i do go from conference from conference from conference from conference man i should be putting what i'm hearing at every single conference into practice but the conference is so good that there's so much information that i can't just sit and listen i need to buy the cd's and now I buy the CDs and I got a rack a stack of CDs from that conference. Next month, okay, we go to that conference. And we sit there and we hear and God speaking, Holy Spirit. Man, that's amazing, but it's too. I can't, write. I need to get the CDs. Now I've got two packs of CDs this big. And next week, and so on and so forth. And at the end of the year, wow, check out my collection, dude. What are you doing with the first conference you went to, with that which you heard there, that the Lord spoke to you? And did you take that and put it in your heart and walk that out? Or is it just, that was good, but let me, uh, uh, uh. you get what I'm saying? And God is speaking all the time. Holy Spirit is here. Jesus said, John 16, 13, How be it when the Spirit of truth has come, He will lead and guide you into all truth. He's always speaking. He's always there. But are we just... Hearing and not doing? Because look what this parable says. Therefore, hear the parable. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand, then the wicked one comes and snatches away that which was sown in his heart. This is he who received. In other words, they received the word, but it was by the wayside. Now, let's go look at the word understand. In the concordance G4920, Suniimi It means to understand. This is what understand means. It means to put the perception with the thing perceived to set or join together in the mind. That's what understand means. The thing which is perceived. We perceive God wants to do a work here. We perceive that this house is here for a certain reason. And now we have people speaking, this is what you do, you write it down, you put it on tablets. Now you take that, how we're going to do it, and what is to be done, and you put them together in your mind. That's understanding. That's what that word means. It's not just hearing, yeah, understand what he's saying. That's one step. There's a step further that we need to go to do that word, understanding. Then the word heart. Whew. Listen to this one. Strong's G2588, cardia, where we get the word cardio exercise from, okay? The heart. He says he steals it. This verse says, then the wicked one comes. He doesn't understand. The wicked one comes, snatches it away. That which is sown in his heart. What is the heart? The soul or the mind. The wicked one comes when we do not take the word and do the word. The enemy comes and he steals the word from here. Out of your soul. Out of your mind. He takes it away. That's what that means. It is the place... Where your appetites, your affections, your purposes, your endeavors, your thoughts, and your desires are. It is the faculty and the seat of intelligence and understanding. He snatches it away from there. So what is there in the faculty, in the place that your affections, your dreams, your desires, your ambitions, that which is there, he goes in there. And if we don't do what we hear, he snatches it away. And now there's nothing there. That is amazing. Two things happen. There are a lot, a lot that happens, but two things that can happen. And this is why I should please and say I've heard this before. Two things that can happen is you hear something, you hear something, you hear it, and you hear it again. Now, what do you say? I've heard that before. You have. Have you acted upon it, or have you just heard it? But you see what happens now. I've heard that before. Now the brain, the way it works, says, if I've heard that before, rifle, I don't need to pay attention anymore because I've heard it before. I understand it because I've heard it before. And now your mind switches off to the word or the revelation or the wisdom that is coming because you don't need to hear because I've heard that before. So we go to the conference or we come Sunday after Sunday after Sunday and we hear, and we hear, and we hear something amazing and then we hear it again and then Pastor Manny does it a certain way, Pastor Artem does it a certain way, and we hear the same thing over and then eventually someone comes and he's like, you know what, I've, just, I've heard that before. And the mind says, okay, we've heard that before. Don't need to pay any more attention. We got this. We ain't got this. A second thing that can happen is, you hear something so amazing, and you hear it again and again and again, that is in your logic, your 5% conscious mind. And when it stays in your 5% conscious mind, because our mind is divided in two, you have an emotional mind, your subconscious mind, and your, your physical, your 5 conscious mind. 5% of what you do is in there. When you keep on hearing it there over and over and over again, but you don't drop it into the where you get emotionally involved with in your subconscious mind, what happens now is, according to Jesus, the enemy comes and he snatches that away. He snatches the seed away. So now you can hear something and because you're hearing it again, man, that's amazing. We should do that. We should act upon this. That is good. But the seed is taken away from the emotional mind. So you're not doing it. You're just hearing it again. But because it's a truth from God, it's good. But because the seed of that word, which is the only power to make that word come to pass, has been stolen. It's not there anymore. And now we sit and we say, wow, that's good. Wow, that's good. Wow, that's good. Yes, that is good. But the seed, which is the power to make that come to pass, has been stolen because we did not understand. We didn't take the word and go and act upon it. We just heard and didn't do, and now we become self-deceived. This is, I don't know, for me, this, this changed my whole world. This is amazing. How much revelation is there out there? I mean, you can literally... 24-7 24-7 there's Christian television. And you can pick and choose who you like. If you don't like that guy's suit, change the channel. You don't like that guy's message, it's too harsh, change the channel. And there's so much out there that we can say, that's good, that's good. Their magazines and their meetings and their house groups and their Sunday services and there's third Wednesday or third Thursday, there's prayer. There's so much. But are we understanding the word, the revelation that we are getting by hearing and then going and doing what the word told us to do? Or are we just hearing? And by just hearing, we allowing the enemy. Because I've heard this before. If you don't use the revelation that God gives you, why does he need to give you more? This says God is not the one who's taking the revelation away. This says when you don't use the revelation, the enemy comes and steals it from you. And that's my only question. Is are we as a people, are you in your life your specific calling? Do you have a vision? Is it written down? Are you looking at that day in and day out? Are you believing for that? What do you have faith for? Because now faith is. And a lot of people don't have a vision for themselves. We have a vision for the church, but are we getting emotionally involved? Are we writing it down for the church? Are we getting to a place where that vision is in our hearts? It's in our minds. We can see it. What do you see when your eyes are closed? Wow, I see harvest. There's another building over there. There's another building over there. It hasn't happened yet, but that's Hebrews 11.1. 1. That's a substance of things, hoping for the evidence of things not seen. Are we doing that? Because when we don't, we slip up. And then Jesus would say, rifle, it's not working because your mind is not doing the right thing. And until we understand the mind, and now how many times have we spoken on Romans 12 verse 2, do not be conformed to this world, but be changed by the renewing of your mind. Do we understand how the mind works? Do we understand 95% of what we do is out of habit because it's lodged in there? Do you understand your neurological pathways that you don't know are there? They're dictating your life. How many people at the end of the year, man, this year I'm going to lose weight. This is the year. I'm going to do it. doesn't happen. How many people who won the lotto six months later, they're worse off than what they were? Why? Because of the mind that hasn't changed. It's just a good idea in the 5% logical mind, but it doesn't go into the 95% emotional mind where it needs to change you. And when we hear so much amazing word... When we hear so much amazing knowledge and revelation through the kindness and goodness of God who wants us to be a city on a hill. Who wants us to change the atmosphere in Richmond. When we hear God's heart for the people around us and in this area. Are we moved while we sit in our chairs and say, wow, that's good. That's amazing. Hallelujah. Amen. Yes. Yes. Or are we moved when we walk out that door to go into the secret place and get quiet and write down, okay, how are we going to do what he just said? Because we know, we perceive that is your will. But according to this, we need to put the thing which is perceived with the perception together. Get emotionally involved. Write down the vision and run with it. Are we doing that? And today is a good day. Because if we are not, Jesus says in Matthew chapter 12, if you don't like the fruit on a tree, change it. Simple. If you don't like, because a tree is known by its fruit, out of the good treasure in a man's heart, he brings forth good things. Out of the evil treasures in a man's heart, heart he brings forth evil if you don't like the fruit that is being produced change it by doing what changing the heart it's a good day how are the results in your life are they good and you got results in your family in your finances in the church in job in peace in relationships every area of our life what are the results you're getting And if you don't like the results, Jesus said, you can change them. So it's a great day today. Because if we sit here and we say, you know what, Rifle, I didn't write the vision down. I was here. I heard it. It was good. But you know what? When I went home, I didn't pay any more attention to that. But I can change that today. I have a new opportunity to go home and take that message, and I can go home and write down God's vision Because if your vision is not connected to God's vision, you don't want that vision. Ask me how I know. But if your vision is the vision that God has planted in you, that he has placed in your heart, that he has purposed for you to get, man, it's amazing. And now when I see that vision, people can say, man, this is not happening, that's not happening, I'm running because I have a vision. And now I'm not going to get weary or tired because he lifts me up with wings. And now it's just good and it gets better and it grows and it grows and it grows. But it all starts with the parable of the sower. What do we do when we receive a word from the Lord? Let us obey the word and watch this kingdom manifest itself in great, great measure in our lives. Is that not the heart of God for us and for this house? Man, can you imagine when Richmond is changed because we got a vision and we got emotionally involved and we started doing what God told us to do instead of going home and our plans and our ideas? Today is a good day. Let's stand to our feet. Father God, we thank you for this day. It is a good day. Man, Jesus died for us on the cross. It's an amazing day. We woke up this morning with breath in our lungs. It's a good day. We woke up today being able to come here and hear another opportunity of your love and your plans for us. It's an amazing day. But Lord, we choose right now to say that we will not just be hearers. We will not be the people in the parable where the seed is stolen. But we will carry that seed. We will put it in our heart. We will understand the word spoken. And we will hold on to that word until it brings forth 30, 60, and 100 fold in our lives. We will let our light so shine so that your kingdom will be glorified. And people will see you and magnify your name. Because it's all about you, your goodness, your grace. So I thank you for brand new revelation today stirring in our hearts. Not just in our 5% mind where we go home and say, well, wasn't that a nice little teaching? But we're going to say, Jesus, take that. Help me. Holy Spirit, place it in me so that when I get home, when I can, I'm going to get with you and I'm going to find what you are saying to me, to this house, so that we can be the church and the people that you have called us to be. Thank you that you make all grace abound. We even quoted that today when we sowed into those baskets into the kingdom you make all grace abound so that we could have enough in every good work which you have for us and we thank you for that good work and we thank you lord that today we renew our minds we choose to get emotionally involved to do what you have called us to do to be the people you have made us to be And we do declare that all glory, all honor, all power is yours. Thine is this kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. And we know that. But you say and you made it true that greater is he that is in us than he that dwells in this world. And therefore we can do everything which you have purposed for us to do. So help us God. Lord, we bless you. You are good. You are the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. There is no other. We seek no other. We love no other. It's you and you alone. And as we sang this morning, let my soul come alive till it's just all about you. Let my soul be filled with your words and your seeds. And let me take those words and those seeds down into my heart so that they will make roots, that they will stand and that they will forever bring forth fruit that will glorify you. We love you and we praise you and we thank you for another opportunity today to be children of God, to go and be amazing and love on people and hug them and change the atmosphere of this city with the presence of the peace of the Lord Jesus Christ. We love you. We thank you for this. We give you all the glory, all the honor, and we just love you and thank you in the blessed and mighty name of our Savior, our friend and our Lord, Jesus Christ alone. Amen, amen, amen. Praise God, man. I hope you hear my heart. It's not, it's love. There will be prayer people in front of you. If you need prayer, you want to come out, please come. We would love to pray for you. Go out, do the word, and be awesome. Thank you so much.